I'm Nicole Stevens. Come join me and let's walk with Jesus. My kids and I were standing in line one day at the store and my 10 year old was lying in the bottom portion of the buggy like he was dying from a very unfun time. And my four-year-old was whining and complaining about how long it was taking and asking when we were going to go home at the top of her intensely passionate lungs. Oftentimes, our children paint the perfect picture of what we must look like and act like to God. Why are you letting me go through this? When will this end? Why do I have to endure and live alongside these evil people? When will you send me to be a missionary? When will you show me what you want me to do? Is your answer yes or no? I don't see your purpose in this. And on and on and on our questions and discontentment go. We're impatient and not satisfied with where our life is in that moment when we complain like this. And I feel like we can all put our hands up and recognize that we are all this way and we are all this way often. I'm not saying don't seek the Lord and bring your request to Him, but the challenge is for what motivation? For our comfort or for His glory? Oftentimes we speak out of fear. We can all remember the Israelites in the wilderness. Exodus 14:10 through 12 says, And when Pharaoh drew nigh, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes. And behold, the Egyptians marched after them, and they were sore afraid. And the children of Israel cried out unto the Lord, and they said unto Moses, Because there were no graves in Egypt, hast thou taken us away to die in the wilderness? Wherefore hast thou dealt thus with us, to carry us forth out of Egypt? Is not this the word that we did tell thee in Egypt, saying, Let us alone, that we may serve the Egyptians? For it had been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in the wilderness. They were questioning God's plan in their lives and where they were at at that moment. They were saying it was better to be with the enemy than not know what is going on and having to step out in faith and trust. But if you read further down in verses 13 and 14, it says, And Moses said unto the people, Fear ye not, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will show to you today. For the Egyptians whom ye have seen today, ye shall see them again no more forever. The Lord shall fight for you, and ye shall hold your peace. Did you hear that part where the verse says, Fear ye not, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord. How many times does the Bible say this? I'll give you a few verses. Psalm 46.10 Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. Here God is talking about those in war against Israel at the time. This verse is talking about a submission and a trust in God, acknowledging that he is sovereign, in control, and he will glorify his name. I believe that is a verse that we can take comfort in today as well. Psalm 27, 14. Wait in the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, in the Lord. Psalm 135, as in chapter 130 and verse 5, I wait for the Lord, my soul doth wait, and in his word do I hope. Psalm 25, 5, lead me in thy truth and teach me, for thou art the God of my salvation, and thee do I wait all the day. Psalm 62, 5, my soul wait thou only upon God, for my expectation is from him. In these verses, we can see that in waiting for the Lord, you're waiting because you are trusting that He is in control and He will deliver on His promises. I personally will not wait around in anyone that I do not trust because I will not believe that they are going to handle the situation and I will take the matter into my own hands. Women are really bad at this specifically, but all humans generally are. So I'm already doing that here with human relationships. 
How absurd is it that I do it with the one I believe is the maker of it all? When I don't wait and I refuse to be still before him, all that communicates is that I don't trust or respect God. Actions speak louder than words. My 10-year-old and I have been reading several missionary books this year. So far, we've read into great detail about the lives of Cameron Townsend, Nate Saint, George Mueller, and now David Livingston. And when you hear about certain people, you generally think about the highlights of their life and the big contributions they've made to the kingdom of God and the ways that God has used them. But when you look at the close-up picture of their life, you see that they did more waiting and trusting in the Lord than anything else. Sometimes we don't realize that. Here's once again another Charles Spurgeon quote. We shall not grow weary of waiting upon God if we remember how long and how graciously he once waited for us. And if we can remember that waiting in the Lord and being still before him is actually a great privilege, we have access to the all-knowing, all-powerful, everywhere, one true God. He delivers every time. He will give us direction. We wait and he shows us when it's time to move, what to do, where and with whom. Usually not all at once, definitely not in our own time frame or even in the way we think it should be done. But if you think about the other choice, not waiting, taking things into your own hands and trying to control it, you will admit that it always turns into a disaster and never glorifies God. He's willing to show us, to lead us. All we have to do is wait on his direction and trust him. And if you trust him, you should be able to rest in him and have peace in his leading and in your waiting. If y'all have any questions or prayer requests, please feel free to message me at walkwithjesuspodcast at gmail.com. And I'll talk to y'all next Monday.